And so today we're going to talk about fear and why you shouldn't be afraid of the last days. And guess what? We are in the last days. And so it's getting closer and closer. So we're going to talk about what this sermon's about is we're going after fear. Come on. You don't have to be afraid of nothing. God's got you back. Jesus is with you. It's when you step into fear is when your legs go to shaking and you get weak in the knees. That's when you're in trouble. And not not that you're going to hell or anything. We're going to lay it all out. And, and I want your heart right with God today, okay? And I, I'm not going to answer a bunch of questions. I'm sorry. And you get on the Internet and you can find out oh, what? There's all kinds of stuff going on and all kinds of stuff. And this Bible scholar interprets this and this Bible scholar interprets this way. And I'm like, you know why? It's because it's a mystery. And if you knew exactly when Jesus would come back, you'd go party hardy until, okay, he's coming tomorrow. I better get my act cleaned up. Because that's just, that's the nature of the sin nature that's on the inside of us. But we're supposed to take authority over that sin nature and live for God with all of our heart. He wants his children to live for him all the days of their life and not to be worried about things. So we're going to talk about fear a little bit, but we're going to mix in some of the last day stuff. And uh, and so uh, I'm not going to argue with you. And uh, let's just get into it. You ready? Uh, in the Bible, there are 74 fear nots. 74 fear nots. If an angel bounces up in front of you and you're like, what is this? He's going to say fear not. Okay? Uh, there are 29 do not be afraid. So so uh, let's say this. Satan can do nothing apart from fear in your life. But God can do nothing apart from faith in your life. I heard a preacher pray, Lord, help this woman. She's a good woman, Lord. Uh, she served you. That has nothing to do with it. Jesus died on the cross for everybody to have everything, and it's not how good we are. It's how good he is. And so we got to kind of change our thinking. He's paid the price for us to have things. We have to learn, as our brother gave that word, we got to learn to ask. We got to learn to say, oh, I want that. You do it in the natural. That's why they have a menu at a restaurant. Ooh, that looks good. That looks good. What do I want? Choose. You know what? You need to go through the Bible. Jesus paid the price for that promise. And you find that that promise is not in your life. You need to go after it. Well, how in the world do you go after a promise? You begin to confess it and you begin to pray it and you begin to speak it until it becomes a part of your heart. You can't talk me out of my salvation. You can torture me if you want to. And I'll be the first one to go because all y'all going to go, he's the pastor, get him. That's right, amen. But, th but that's, that's where it's going, and I'm not afraid. And you shouldn't be afraid. It's, it's what things are coming. We're coming to the end times. Oh, the end times. Well, it's all right. Let's take care of it. We're not afraid of the end times. And, and so as we go through this, and, and this is kind of like the heartbeat, and I didn't have to put the scripture in there, but Luke 21, 26 says, men's hearts, their spirit would fail them in the last days because of fear. Fear of because they see these things coming. 
and 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 yeah, it's gonna get ugly. But we ain't gotta be afraid of nothing. It may get ugly right here in America. We may get attacked. All right, I'm, and, and and but we're not gonna. We're gonna trust God. We have to trust God, no matter in good times, bad times, on the mountaintop, in the valley, under the water, on the moon. We got to trust God. So in Matthew 24, if you want to just take some quick notes, I, I'm uh, go back and listen to this. I I'm not going to read that one just yet. But in Matthew 24, it says it it starts talking about the end of the age. It talks about false prophets that say they're Jesus. That that that's going on all. It's been going on for years. There's some cat in South America says he's Jesus. Uh, there's wars and rumors of wars. Uh, and see that you're not troubled. There's famines and pestilence and earthquakes. When the war broke out with Israel and Hamas, there were five earthquakes that day. Wow. Uh, lawlessness. We see lawlessness, lawlessness in America. Uh, the gospel will be preached. Good news. Uh, gonna be great tribulations gonna come seven and a half years, seven years. Oh my! They talked about the fig tree that Israel become a country again, uh, and then it says no one knows the hour. Now I've been around a long time. 1988, there was a book written. 88 reasons Jesus is coming in 1988. People read that book and moved into caves, hunkered down, and said Jesus is coming. 1989 came and Jesus didn't come. So they wrote another book, 89 Reasons Jesus is Coming. And they did. I didn't buy either one of them, but I especially wouldn't have bought the 89. That's how crazy this stuff is. And people get caught up in these last days. Well, peace on you. My whole point of this is you got to live your life. Let's get rid of fear. And you know what? Well, you know, it's getting rough. Should I even get married? Get married. But I don't want to raise kids in these times. Raise kids. Have kids. Have seven or eight. God will help you pay for them. People say, oh, I don't know if I can afford a kid. You can afford them. I had them when I was young. Didn't have nothing. I cried a time or two because I didn't have stuff to feed them. But you know what? God helped me. He taught me. You cannot stop living your life because of fear of what's going to happen. You've got to live your life, and you've got to keep pursuing and doing what God's called you to do and, and do what's in your heart and do it with all your heart. So we're taking fear off the off the thing, uh, off our plates today. Matthew 24, 36, but, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. And he can't tell us because we, we would get all goofy about it. We'd get ahead of him. And, and, and then Matthew 24, 44 says, Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. And we've all heard he's coming in a moment, and, and I'll probably read it. But I, I got a lot to say in a short time to say it. In uh, a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Blink. That's a twinkling of an eye. You're going to be sucked off this planet in a twinkling of an eye. Glory. And, and it's, it's way better than what you're living right now. I don't care what mansion you're living in here. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
we got to have church. And with church, we rally with one another, encourage one another on to walk the walk. And when you're going through a hard time, you come to church and you get somebody to pray with you. Pray with me. Help me. Strengthen me. Walk with me. And that's what church is about because uh, there were a lot of people died during COVID because they couldn't see anybody. It's true. And then John 10, 10, and I'm laying this out because all of these are still true. No matter what happens, tribulation or what, the word of God is still true. But in John 10, 10, it says the, that the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life even in the last days and that more abundantly. Anything that, that steals, kills, and destroys you is not from Jesus. Jesus went about doing good according to Acts 38 and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He didn't make anybody sick. Find it where he made it. No, give me that Old Testament stuff. God allowed stuff because there's reaping and sowing. And if you eat donuts all day, every day, you're going to get sick. You eat M&Ms all day, every day, you're going to get sick. My wife worked with a teacher. She ate peanut M&Ms and Mountain Dew. That's all she lived on. Skinny as a rail, but her teeth are jacked up. But it still affected her body. She, she lived on that sugar. I'm living on a sugar high. You can't do that. Hey, but well, we, we, you, we're in a, right now, this is a dispensation, and people say you can't put God. I'm not putting God in a dispensation. This is what God's doing right now. We're under grace. Thank God that he's not uh, killing people that have committed adultery, robbed, steal, stone. He's, he's trying to draw everyone. He's, he's the father that's looking for that prodigal son to come home. But there is, hey, Jesus is coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that's, that's, we're coming with him. And just the words of his mouth will destroy armies. Come on. And we're not going to be in that army. We're going to be in his army, riding the horse behind him. Get him, Jesus. Go get him. We're supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be fear. It's supposed to be fun. It's fun serving God, and we've got to live for him and not be afraid of the things that are coming because we're on the winning side. So number one, fear is not given by God. Come on, God doesn't give us fear, and he does not give us a spirit of fear. And that's what it says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power. Well, we attribute what we can do in our own strength as power, but that's not it. God wants to mix his power with your strength. And if you have any strength, he gave it to you. I mean, if you're a math whiz and, and you can do math in your head, that's a God-given gift. That's not you. Hmm? And God gives gifts unto men of all kinds and, and all things. And so... Uh, as we dive into this, remember, God has not given us the fear. Let's don't worry about these things. I'm just going to give you a brief timeline of Revelation. While we're we're, we're going to talk about end times a little bit. But it says, uh, before I really dive into it, it says, blessed. And, and, and Revelations 1, 3, I think it is. It says, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So you're blessed if you read it. 
But man, when it talks on like there were two-headed giant, uh, de- uh, uh, dragons and uh, all the horns and this horn fell off and I don't know about that. And I'm like, man, uh, it ain't nothing but cities. Come on, there's just, it's metaphors for things that are going to happen. And just chill out, okay? All them dragons and ten heads and all. And it'll cease. Come on. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. So, so, um, let me, before I dive in this, let me tell y'all something. I, I, the Lord brought back to remembrance to me, I was between six and seven years old, first and second grade. I knew how to read. And uh, we're in Irving, Texas. My dad uh, got out of the army and we went to Texas for work. He was working and I went to actually first grade and half the second grade. Uh, I'm so old they didn't have kin- kindergarten. It wasn't invented. So uh, I had to start in first grade. But they had this banner across the road and I could read it. And it said, Jesus is coming. Are you ready? And I'm going to tell you, it, 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 as Jerry Clyde said, it likened to have scared me to death because I knew I wasn't ready. At seven years old or six years old, I'm like, Jesus is coming. Are you ready? I'm like, no. And I don't know how to get ready. And, I mean, we went to church, but, I mean, as a six- and seven-year-old, they didn't talk about it. And I'm saying this story because all this stuff's going on. Your kids are hearing, and you need to be talking to them. And I knew I wasn't ready, and it scared me. And fear gripped my heart because I wasn't ready. Well, you know, I, uh, at eight years old, I gave my heart to Jesus, or nine, and I gave my heart to Jesus. But I still was immature in the Word, and things happen, and, and things, you know, people talk about end times, and I'm like, I'm not ready. I mean, you know, I'm 13, the preacher preaching, Jesus is coming, and you better get ready. And I'm like, wait a minute, Lord, I won't get my driver's license. I won't drive before you come. And then, you know, at 18, Jesus is coming, get ready. Wait a minute, Lord, let me get married. I want to get married. I want to have some kids, you know. And then the preacher said, Jesus is coming. I got three kids, and I'm paying car insurance. I said, come, Lord Jesus, come, come. <laughs> my brother-in-law back there tell you my car insurance was more than his house note. And so, so you think about, you know, as, as you mature in Christ, and I'm trying to mature and help you mature today to not be afraid uh, that Jesus is coming back, okay? And, and so, listen, the timeline, the timeline, a brief timeline on Revelation, the first part of Revelation is considered a prologue. Uh, John receives a vision from Jesus, and he's told these visions and to write them down. Then the next, a clear message to the seven churches. There are seven churches, you need to go read them, and, and those ch- churches are really uh, things that are happening in the church. Uh, all, all, all different kinds of churches all around the world. And I know uh, people take it literally for those seven, but I think they're still applicable for today. And then the third section starts the tribulation, seven years of hardship like war, disease, famine that will affect the earth and test people's faith. Uh, they're known as seven scenes in heaven. And, you know, they have the four creatures and, man, they're scary. There's a lion and a calf and a, a man's head. And they all have wings and eyes and eyes and eyes and eyes and some more eyes. You know, and then that's scary. And but whoop de doo, they're angels, they're on your side. So, you know, sick them on somebody. Anyway. And then the four living creatures that are tending to God, and uh then they have dip- different horsemen to call forth. 
and, and all that after the seven scenes or seven seals uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse war famine disease and death fall on humankind until the seven seals broken wait a minute wait a minute that's not us that's not us hey no no I don't want that to happen peace and then so there's planet through disaster also the Antichrist shows up, the beast, and all that stuff, and oh my! Uh, then war breaks out. Uh, the dragon gives the beast power and emerges from the sea. The ten horns I talked about on the dragon, uh, the beast in some way, the mark of six six six. You know, you get that mark. You also have to worship the beast. Some of y'all are like, oh, is that the mark? Is that the mark? Well, you got to get the mark and bow down to the beast. And none of us want to bow down to no beast, right? And this beast going to look like a man. And let's just take a commercial break real quick. This AI stuff's coming out. A lot of Bible teachers think that AI is going to be uh, 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 with the Antichrist. That's going to help him do signs and wonders. Because, you know, they're working on a thing they can put in the back of your head. And you can, it, it, while somebody asks you a question, it'll Google it, and they'll give you the answer. Isn't that crazy? Oh, hey, I'm supposed to help us and stuff and help us with health and live longer, but it, it, just like anything else, the devil can pervert it. And they believe the Antichrist will be part that, part AI. Anyway, whoop-de-doo, we're going to heaven. Come on, we win. And so uh, as we look at all those seven plagues that occur after that, uh, but no one knows when, you know, the start of the end. They see, we see the signs. Notice the leaves are turning. Leaves are turning. It's fall. We know winter's coming. We know winter's coming. It's not here yet, but it's fall, and winter's coming. We see these things, and we can see them set up, and we see the war starting over there now. But I think that, that war's going to finish. I don't think it's the last one. But, but, but it may get ugly before it gets better. But I got some good news I'm going to share, too, in this message, too. Things that God is doing in the earth that we don't even know about. And, and that God is moving in people's lives and God's changing nations and changing people in other countries. We kind of got a little bit of Americanized. We're Americanized. We have American thinking. I mean, you know, we, the, if, if, you know and, and the churches, instead of coming together, we fight against one another. Well, y'all don't sing like we do. Your breath don't stink like mine. And. And, and you come up and just make up stuff about how you're supposed to dress, how you're supposed to act, what you're supposed to look like, and it's religion. But God ain't into religion. God's into people getting born again. <laughs> so, so as we look at all these things that are happening, um, in John 16, 33, he said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may know peace. Peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Tribulation's already been happening. I've had it in my life. You've had it in your life. But you know what? It's going to be a big thing. But when we bump, hey, we went through coronavirus and we're here. I mean, th there's all kinds of sickness and disease. You wouldn't drink water if you knew what was in it. But come on, we got to believe God. And we've got to trust God. And God wants us to have peace to live in this lifetime. 
And people even at the end times, they get mad because you don't believe like they do about the end times. I mean, let's just talk about the rapture. You got to hate them. Rapture's not even in the Bible. We didn't even read the Bible. They just heard that. And, and But rapture is in the Bible. And, and But some believe that it's before the seven years. Some believe that it's, you know, in three and a half years. And, and some believe it's at the end. And some really don't believe in it. And I'm talking Bible scholars. Well, what in the world do you believe? I'm going to tell you what you believe. You live your life for God and you live with all your heart. And when the rapture comes, you're going. Whether it's before, in the middle, or after, you're going. You can't stop that. When he comes, you're gone. Okay? And he'll argue about it. doesn't make a lick of sense. Everybody everybody be wrong. You know, and that's why it, it, the Bible, and I'll read it in a minute, called, it's called a mystery. It's a hidden truth. Because if you knew it, you'd mess it up. If God had laid out everything, if you were 18 years old and told you everything you were going to do in this life, you'd mess it up. You'd get ahead of God. We're supposed to walk right with him. Hold his hand like a toddler. And just walk right with him. And, and you notice that when a toddler gets ahead of him, they trip and fall. And then he's got to pick you up. You know, well, stay with me. Stay with me now. You got this. And, and he'll hold your hand. Let him hold your hand. Hold his hand. And walk with him. Let him give you peace. And, and he'll walk you through all this. It's not that big a deal about end times. It's fun. It should be fun to learn about, fun to study, and look at it. But none of it's set in stone because he said no man knows the day or the hour. 88 reasons he's coming in 1988. Come on, no man knows that. So peace, okay? Number two, fear needs to be captured. How in the world do you capture fear? There it goes. I got it. Oh, there's another one. I got it. You don't capture it physically. Let's talk about fear just real quick, and then we'll talk about how to capture it. Fear works or comes by seeing the world and hearing the word of the world. How about the news of the world? Fear grips you. The news makes a good living on fear. I don't care what you watch. They never give you good news. They want to they, they operate by fear, put you in fear, and so you can keep watching them. What's going to happen next? I very seldom watch it because the Word of God will tell me what's happening next in my life. Am I, do, do, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's hard. If God tells you prepare, I got canned goods. Hey, I got ammo. I'm a country boy, redneck. I got some. Be ready. Whatever. We're ready. We're going to serve God, love God. I, I, I'll give my food away if I have to and buy some more. That's, you know, we're just going to follow God, trust God, and we're going to lead people to Jesus. Come on, as, as, listen to me. I got this story. Have you ever have you ever have been prompted by God to tell somebody about Jesus or invite somebody to church? This guy worked for a newspaper in Chicago, and he'd just gotten saved. And, man, he was just like God was dealing with him. And he said, I don't know why I'm supposed to go in the, the finance guy's office and tell him about Jesus. I know he's an atheist. I know he don't want to hear it. But I just need to go tell him about Jesus. So he walks in. He stands in the door. He doesn't go in the room. He said, hey, 
so-and-so, whatever. He goes, man, I wanted to invite you to church, man. I've been going to church, and I gave my life to God. And, and, and man, I just, he goes, I don't want to hear that mess. I don't want to hear that mess. He goes, well, you know, I just felt like God wanted me to tell you, invite you to church with us. It's Easter. Easter's coming. He said, I don't believe in that resurrection stuff. I don't believe in any of that. I'm an atheist. And he walked out of the room, and he thought, why in the world, God, would you have me go in there knowing that God's going to treat me like that? And uh, it wasn't six months later the guy became associate pastor, and six months later he became a pastor of the church that he was at. He walked away from his job, his business, money, and, and everything. And after he'd been there about six months, a man came up to him and said, listen, uh, I want to shake your hand and tell you what an influence you've been in my life. And he goes, it started back about a year ago. He said, you walked into the finance office uh, of the newspaper, and he said, I don't even think you knew I was in the room. I was underneath the de desk fixing tile that his, the chair had broken, and I was replacing the repairing tile, and you told that man about Jesus and come to church, and he said, it gripped my heart. And he goes, I went to church the next Sunday and gave my heart to God. My wife gave her heart to God, and my teenage son gave his heart to God. And he said, you didn't even know I was in the room. But God sent him in there for that man and not the other. Don't take rejection personally. You don't know what seeds you're planting, what you're doing. You just need to obey God. Share the good news. It's good news. It's not bad news. It's good news. And so fear uh, is developed by meditating and acting on Satan lies. Uh, and when you hear a lie and you grab a hold of it and you start meditating on it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, comes a part of your life. And it'll break you down. Somebody said, man, I've just got these thoughts. I said, put worship music on let it play all night long. Let it play all night long and just sleep with it on. You see, we got to quit meditating on the things that scare us. When I did youth, I had this boy. He couldn't hardly stay awake. He was fading out. I said, boy, what's wrong with you? And all his brothers and sisters told him. He watched, he watched Frankenstein versus Werewolf last night. He couldn't sleep at all. Be careful what you feed on. It'll impart fear into your life. Fear is applied by speaking things that are not as though they were. Most things you're afraid of will never come to pass. What about this? What about that? What, 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 what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going we gonna to believe God. I didn't pick the songs, but Jehovah Jireh is God is more than enough. And we need to learn to get into that place where God is feeding us and God is our God that's more than enough. Fear demands compromise. Satan supports and, 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 and develops fear in you. But God's put faith in your heart. The Bible says to every man is given the measure of faith. Do you think God ever said, let's just talk about the war. Started two weeks ago or two and a half, or whatever, three weeks. Do you think God said, oh, I didn't see that coming? God had never said that. God said, well, that surprised me. No. He knows your heart and the things you do. He knows you're going to do it. He knows that, you. well, they're back in that rut again. They're going to do the same thing that they've done before, I, but I still love them. I'm still trying to reach. I'm going to put somebody in that rut with them and say, it's time to get out. 
Let me help you out. Let me help you out. The Bible says that God wants all men to be saved. All men. And he'll get in your way and get in your way to get you out of that rut of sin. So 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 3 through 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. If to war according to the flesh is me to punch you and you to punch me, we're going at it. That's flesh, okay? That's the war in the flesh. But spiritual things cannot be fought in the physical with our physical body. It's done spiritually and with spiritual words. So for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, every one of us can get a stronghold right here. I don't like him because I don't think he likes me. And every time I look at him, I'm like, I still don't like you. And that's a stronghold because I don't even want to be close to him. And I look at him, I'm like, he don't like me, but that's all, I don't like him. See how it becomes a stronghold? And, and all he did was eat pizza with sardines on it, and he just had a bad look on his face because he's sick to his stomach. But I think it, he didn't like me. And the devil goes, yeah, he don't like you. He doesn't like you at all. See, the devil, see, here's, here's the one thing one of my favorite preachers used to say, is a thought can pass through your mind just like a bird can fly over your head. But if the bird builds a nest on top of your head, it's your fault. You be doing this. A thought, you need to tell it, get out. No. I'm not going to let that thought build a nest in my mind and build a stronghold. I need to pull it down. We're to love everybody, no matter what they say about you. You know, I'm at the house and everybody's like, they call me a stupid head. Oh, they call me a stupid head. And I said, are you a stupid head? No, I'm not. I said, well, why are you crying? You know you're not. Why do you even let it in? And that was my wife for teaching all those kids at school. They call me stupid. No, I'm just kidding. I'm making fun of them. But but kids, you know, they're, they're junior high, they don't like their hair, their name. They don't like their clothes. They don't like anything in junior high. And they call me a name. You're not that. And you're not what the devil's told you over the years. There's no hope for me. That's a lie. I've committed the unpardonable sin. That's a lie. Huh? I'll tell you in a little secret. Unpardonable sin are for pastors and people who really went deep with God. That's the scary part. Come on. You have not. The people in the insane asylum are in jail are thinking, I can't get saved. I've committed an unpardonable sin. No, you haven't. You've never walked with God. You've never walked in the deep things of God. You've never tasted of heavenly gifts. You've never committed an unpardonable sin. Hmm? It's knowing the Holy Spirit in a deep level and then saying he's not real. People have done that. Not as many as you think. But you haven't. You wouldn't be in church if you had. Oh, my boy. But the devil will sell that line to people. So, 
Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. When you find something in the Word of God and your thinking does not line up with it, don't let that be a stronghold. Say, you know what? I need to work on that. I need to change. God's not going to change now. He knows you got to work on things to change. There are things that are ingrained in you, the way you were raised. You can't be that way. We're, we're in a new family now. We're not in that old family. Well, you know, here we are. We the, we the McClary's, and we beat our wives, and, and uh, we, we get drunk. That's just who we are. Well, God didn't save you to keep you who you are. He wanted to change you. He didn't save us to leave us alone. He saved us to, to bring us out of that, that thinking, worrying. Maybe your whole family's a worrier. Maybe they're all gossips. It's okay to gossip at home when nobody's there. Baloney. No, it's not. God's there. And then it starts, it get, because guess what? When you gossip, your kids are going, and man, they tell. Let's go back in there to the first grade class, and they'll tell some secrets, boy. Well, my mama, we helped this family one time, and they them pay the electric bill, and they had like $20 left over. They went to the fair. And they didn't want the church to know because the church helped them. They went to the fair. They come bouncing in. They told little Johnny, don't you tell them we went to the fair. He come running. We went to the fair. We went to the fair. And they, shut up, boy. They walked him in the head. Shut up, boy. It was hilarious. Kids are going to tell it. They're going to tell it, and they're going to act just like you. That's one reason I quit dipping snuff. My daughter had a spit cup at two years old. I said, okay, boy got to change. This boy got to change. And God will help you change. So, 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 so listen, uh, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself, bringing in thought every captivity to the obedience of Christ. We got to change our thinking. There's not, you don't, there's things that you don't know. You can't quit serving God just because you don't know it. And there are people blame God for this and that. And I already started this off, John 10, 10. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give life and that more abundantly. So we judge what's happening. Okay, that's not from God. Why would God allow it? Maybe you allowed it. See, we got to stand on his word. We got to live for him with all our heart. And we got to put him first. Now, now, if you want to write anything down, I'm going to read this one slow. And you need to write this down. Take charge <coughs> of the things you can control. Like fear. And don't worry about things you can't. Because there's a lot going on in this world right now that we don't have any control over. And while we can't control what's going on in the world, we can control how we respond to it. We can control how we respond to what's going on in this world. We are not going to live by fear. We're going to have strong faith. We are going to believe God. And God's going to be our strength. He's going to help us. Uh, Gary Slimps over there, he used to work for FEMA. And one of the hurricanes, he went and worked in Florida. It took out all the houses and all these things. And there was an old retired Baptist preacher lived in a trailer. And all the trailers were wiped out except his. 
and his telephone even worked. And they're like, how, what is that? Everybody's like, how did this happen? He goes, I pray and ask God to help me. Come on, we, we got to have that kind of faith that we're going to believe God to be our strength. There was a woman in World War II that was getting bombed in England every day, and everybody would run to the bomb shelter. And one day she didn't show up. Oh, my, I hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. I mean, she's in her 70s, man. I, I hope she didn't get bombed out. And uh, two or three weeks later, they were uh, people were digging through rubble looking for canned goods and everything, and they saw her. Where have you been? You haven't been in the bomb shelter. What have you been doing? She goes, you know, I read in my Bible that God neither sleeps nor slumbers. And she said, you know, if he's going to stay up and watch over me, I'm going to go to sleep. What is that? That's a different kind of faith, isn't it? Can we not trust God? Can we not trust God? We got to learn to trust God. We got to learn to believe him. So how we can control how we respond. Let me, let me tell you some something right quick. I heard this week. Uh, and this is pretty crazy. Does anybody know the fastest growing evangelical country in the world? Getting saved faster than, uh, people are getting saved faster than any other country in the world. Any guesses? China? Yell it out. Ah, uh, it's Iran. Iran, they're behind Hamas and Hezbollah. 20% of the people are getting saved. They got saved this past year. Now, now, and you know who's not saved is their government. Their government's evil. And I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, their government. Because those people love America, they love Christians, and they love the Jewish people living in Iran. They go, those are, that's our Jewish people. They're special. That's literally what they say. But their government is all about the evil and all about power and trying to milk money out of everybody from Russia to America. And I thought, you know, I've been voting for president since 1980. And you know what? There's a lot of them, and most of them didn't have my opinion about what's going on. They did things I didn't, didn't think were right. They didn't represent me, and their government doesn't represent them. And I know fear wants to grip us all because what if we, World War III, they, they're talking about World War III. And our kids could get drafted. I lived through that. I didn't get drafted. They stopped the draft when I was probably about 13. But I'm going to tell you, I was afraid. What if I get drafted? I had uncles that went, that were drafted. I had friends that were drafted. Man, you know what? We've got to believe no matter what happens, our kids are going to be protected. We're going to teach them. You see, there's a scripture of protection called Psalms 91. And you pray it over military. I got a call and said, you know, if something happens, I need you to go take care of family because they're in the military. I said, I'll go get them. I'll go get those, those family members. The thing, the thing about it is, we, we got to pray Psalms 91 over our kids every day, no matter if war comes here or not. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God, abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I said, Lord, he's my God. Come on, is he your God? Then say he's my God right now. Say he's my God. So, so that needs to be in your mouth. He's my God. And no evil shall befall me, it says. No plague. Come on. Even if you get sick, you're going to survive. 
you know, I always say that, that, you know, we lived in the big city there, and I got three teenagers driving, and every ambulance, the devil said, you hear that? That's one of yours. They had a car wreck. And so I went at it. I went at that fear. I said, you know what? That car may be wrecked, but those kids are going to be fine in Jesus' name. Angels encamp about us. I can tell you story after story of people in car wreck that they were shoved down in the seat. An angel shoved them down in the seat as the thing was rolling. Huh? And so, so begin to clear. You know, I, I prayed that over my kids, my middle daughter. If I cheated a little bit because I wanted to go watch a football game. No, you didn't say that. Say it, start over. So I had to say it right every time. Wasn't no rushing through it. She believed in prayer. Even through college and nursing class. So I got a test today, and it's a rough one. I need you to pray for me. I said, did you study? I said, yeah. I said, well, God's got something to work with. The Holy Spirit's going to bring to remembrance everything you've heard, everything you read, everything you studied. She'd blow through them. Come on. We have got to learn to trust God, lean in on him, and let him be our help. Guess what the second fastest growing evangelical Christian nation is? Afghanistan. They're growing, both of those countries are growing faster than us. Because they're hungry for God. I just came back from Europe. Bulgaria is hungry for God. And, and you know, they're, they're believing God for revival just like we are. They believe in God to move in people's hearts and lives. And they're seeing it change. We went to the National Day of Prayer. They filled up an arena. Man, the presence of God was there. And people got up and prayed for the country. So, so we have got to, to, to know that God is moving in these countries. I think it was five years ago that TBN alone said that they were getting 16,000 phone calls a day from Muslim people accepting Jesus from all over the Middle East. 16,000 a day. Glory to God. God said that heaven's going to be full. My question is, you going to be there? Okay, that's five of them. Are you going to be there? Give me a nod or something. They'll say, you know, put, yeah, put me down. My name written in the Lamb Book of Life. Put me down. Number three, fear is not natural to the born-again believer. It's not natural to be afraid. You know, uh, all of, you know, so, so, so the technical terms, phobia, people have claustrophobia that they're afraid of tight places and they have phobias of this and 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 spiders and falling. You're not afraid of, of tight spaces or spiders or snakes or falling. You're afraid to die. Period. And it's gonna close in on me and I'm gonna die. A snake's gonna bite me and I'm gonna die. I'm gonna fall and I'm gonna die. There's a lady in our church and, and she was afraid of spiders. And we're sitting in a circle doing a Bible study, and a spider came across the the, the, the carpet. And, and and I looked down at it, and she saw it, and I just put my, my shoe on it and just pulled it. And when I put my boot on it, she went, like she's going to pass out. I'm like, it's dead now. Don't, you know, you should have done that when it was crawling. Anyway, it's not natural to be afraid. We weren't made to live in fear. We were made to trust God, adhere to him, to have great faith in him. So 1 John 4.15 says it like this, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Come on, God's in us and we're in him. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. And God in him. 
Love is not, has not been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love, perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We got to get perfect in love. When I was a kid, I was not perfect in love, but I began to mature in the things of God, and I began to mature in the love of God, and I began, uh, fear began to, to wane and weaken. Notice that it said that we won't have to fear judgment. Do y'all know there's two judgments? One's for the believer and one's for the unbeliever. We're not going to be judged for our sins. Because we quote Psalms 103, 1 through 5, but in Psalms 103 it says, My sins have been far, far away from me as far as the east is from the west. I'm not going to be judged for my sin anymore. My sins have been washed away. Are you washing the blood? Jesus spoke of the blood of the Lamb. Yes, my garments are spotless. They're white as snow. Now, my wife would say, well, you know why? I know how you acted yesterday. Yeah, but I put it under the blood this morning or last night. What we'll be judged on as a believer are what we did with the word of God. And we're going to be rewarded for what we did with the word of God. The Bible says you get a crown, you get a robe of righteousness, you're going to be clothed. And guess what? You get to throw that crown at the feet of Jesus and say, this is for you. Everything I did, it was for you. Isn't that cool? But people start shaking in judgment and get saved. Get saved, and then your sins are washed away. It's, 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 it's all the people who do, do, that do not get saved, they're going to stand before God because why didn't you receive Jesus? Why wouldn't you accept his pardon? All your sins, you'll be, they'll be judged for, and they'll be thrown in the lake of fire. Not us. Hey, I saw Francis Chan do this, and uh, I think this is my third time, so it's mine now. Right here. You see this little red mark right here? Put it in my shirt. This is your life. You promised 70 years. There's another promise for 120, whatever you can grab a hold of. I'm going to give you 100 years right here. That's your life, a hundred years. This is eternity. Huh? Huh? But I don't want to die, Pastor. I don't want to go to heaven. I want to live right here. Everything you enjoy here is out here. I, I think there's fishing out here. Uh-huh. The, the, because there's a river of life. You know, I'm not a good swimmer, but I can swim in the river of life because you can't drown in the river of life. It's life. Come on, there's a beach on the Crystal Sea. Huh? There's mountains. I like mountains. There's mountains. God's on the mountain. Heaven is just another planet. There's animals. The lion lays down with the lamb. I know that refers to that the lion will not eat the lamb, but that's animals. Come on, pet that lion. I got lion stories. Them rats are like they got me. But look here. Here's your life now, and this is eternity. 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 
from glory to glory. And we're not going to be on a cloud playing a harp. That's boring. We're going to be doing something for God. You think that why the universe, once we get this earth right, we're probably going to other places. Wouldn't that? That's going to be fun. Shoot, I'm a pioneer. Let me go build a tent somewhere. I'll go to another planet and set it up for God. Y'all don't, y'all, y'all, y'all's thinking's wrong. I mean, it goes on and on. We're going to live forever. You're going to live forever. Let's live forever with God. Huh? I don't want to be in the lake of fire. That's, that's punishment and torment. That's not for us. God didn't make that for you. He made that for fallen angels and people who will not receive him. Mercy. Let's live forever. So I want to ask you, do you know him? Do you know him? Are you sure you know him? You know, I ask every Sunday, do you know him? You need to know him. And you need to live for him. Come on, let's take some time and read a scripture a week. A, a scripture that's pertinent, something that's real. Not, you know, every youth back in here will tell you, I know, I know a scripture, Jesus wept. Well, how's that going to help you? That's why I do Psalms 103, 1 through 5. We tested the youth. What What do you know? And that man, some, they started quoting Psalms 103. I was thinking, well, God's cheating. We do that every Sunday. You didn't study that out. But it's to put the word of God in your heart that God has forgiven you, that God loves you, that he saved you. See, there's hope in Jesus. Let me say this. Salvation comes through repentance and faith. And repentance is not, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Lord, 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 uh, is, is asking God to forgive you. Repentance is that I need a Savior. Repentance is recognizing that I need a Savior. See, there's, there's a lot of people in America living by their money and living by their clout and who they are, and they don't recognize they need a Savior. Everybody in this room needs a Savior. I love my wife, and I like being married to her, but she is not a good Savior, and I'm not either. I need a Savior. And that's what repentance means. You're recognizing that you need Jesus to help you. You need Jesus. So it comes by recognizing and then God has given you enough faith. You were born with it to accept Jesus. You have faith. And you can accept him. But I do want to tell you, because people say, well, what about obedience? No, obedience comes because you believe. Obedience comes, I want to follow God, and I want to help people because I want to obey God, because I love him. That's how I became a pastor, because I love God, and he taught me to love people. And that's the same thing with you. When you love God, you want to obey him, first and foremost. I want you to bow your head. I know some of you in here, you've been doing your own thing for a long time. And your own thing will put you on drugs and make you an alcoholic. Your own thing will make you chase the, the stuff that will kill you. But Jesus came to give you life. He died on the cross so you could have life. And, man, if you're, if you're in fear of the last days and fear of the things that are going to happen, uh, come on, you need the peace of God, and you need to start asking him for it. 
You need to ask him for revelation and understanding. But if you're in here and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, would you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. I need Jesus. Maybe you're in here and you're like, man, this I, I, I've been walking in fear. I haven't been walking close to God. I've just been doing my own thing. If that's you, will you lift your hand? You want to give your life fresh and new to God. I see your hand. I see your hand, too. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand. Glory. I see your hand. And I'm not the one that counts to see your hand. God sees it. Why ask you? I see your hand. And you don't have to raise your hand, but you need to say it and mean it with your heart. That God would be real. And I'm going to challenge you too. If, if you're not sure that God's real, you need to set an appointment with me. And let me pray with you. You go to the doctor if you have an appointment. Get a haircut. If you're not sure God's real, you need prayer, set an appointment with him. Let us sit down and reason together. Let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Pray this with me. Say, Father, I believe. Father, I believe. That Jesus is the Son of God. Forgive me. Bring me back into close fellowship with you. I drive out fear. I take in hope. I want to live for you with all my heart. In Jesus' name.